On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report. My name is Sam, and I've already messed up the script. Usually I say we're a podcast about never losing the childlike joy of reading. I honestly <laughs> did And I went notice. into the titles. You can tell I'm a bit rusty. Well, I wanted to start the podcast episode today by singing, guess who's back? <laughs> back again. It's but, classic. you know, this is a children's book podcast, well, not an Eminem podcast. I feel podcast. like most parents would be like, it's a children's book, but yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. song exactly. <laughs> and may have turned on Eminem at some point in the last five yep. years. My name is Sam, and I'm a girl dad, and I'm joined by my co-host, my sister-in-law, Sarah, former high school English teacher with two kids. Who reads how many books last year? One hundred. Oh my! One hundred exactly. I did it. <laughs> I wish I could I just pretend there's music yep. playing because I'll <laughs> add. Yep, there you go. Yep. And you're also a Gryffindor. I feel like we've added that permanently <laughs> to the description. <laughs> and do I want to say it in my sorting you hat have to voice? Now. The people I are expecting it. It's I can't. Been too I can't. Many months. I can't. You'll no. get it at a random point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Hey, what did you think? A Gryffindor! Or, or my Hagrid voice. You always said Harry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like riding a bike, jumping okay, right Okay, we're here. And Sarah, how, how have you been since... since uh, we haven't done an episode in not quite a year. Not quite a year. I have been well. Yeah. Um, I haven't had quite as many life changes as yes. you, but... Um, both my kids are now in elementary school, wow. which that is big. Um, yeah. It's awesome. And I have a full-time job now, uh-huh. which that's awesome. Yeah. But also a lot of hours. Yeah. How <laughs> was going back uh, to being full-time after being full-time mom? And you're still full-time mom I and am. full-time job. <laughs> so. Honestly, I am a, I'm tired a lot. Yeah. I'm tired a lot, but love my job. Brings me lots of joy, and I'm thankful for where I work slash we work because it allows me to be accessible to my kids while also doing what I love. And that's a gift. So it's been a wild year. Right. I think we can clarify. Uh, Sarah and I work at a church. Uh, I am a a video producer. I'm not going to do like the mysterious day job thing. Where do y'all work? What's your, what's your title? Because you you do I have double titles. Oh my gosh. I have two titles and I've never not had two titles. Okay. Um, So now my full-time job, I am pastor of women's ministry and connections at our church. So I care for the women in our body, but then I also help a lot with um, Sunday morning, just bringing people in and making sure that obstacles are removed for them. Yeah. So you work Sundays. What's your day off? Friday. Friday Oh my gosh. It's the best because both my kids are in full-time school. And so on Fridays, it's just me. That's why you didn't record on Fridays because that's your day. That's why I said I'm very selfish (laughs) (laughs) and I will give you a very short amount of time. Yeah. You get 20 minutes. (laughs) We better duck fast. (laughs) Talk about BFG in 10 minutes. I gotta go. (laughs) What is new with you? I have an almost nine month old. Oh my gosh. And also note to the reader, she's perfect. And if Sam ever says anything unkind (laughs) about her, he may lose his job 
And, and I his life. Will, and his life. And I will find a different podcast host because I don't like liars. <laughs> no, she's perfect. Um, it's, I, I mean, I've heard a lot like, oh, it's the biggest change in your life. And people can say that and it not register. Mm -hmm. like, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. I will say what amazed me most was about the newborn phase. Two things. And I'm, two things. This is a bit of a soapbox. This is one of the most frustrating things for me. Was everybody, every phase of having a child, people were like, well, just wait till, you know, like when. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Well, just wait. <laughs> uh, that's the type of voice I make fun of them with because they're so silly. Like, well, well, you know, they're little now. Just wait till their poop stink and they start moving around. <laughs> and then, you know, once their poop starts, going, well, just wait. And I just, everybody was just so cynical. Yeah. And yeah. the second thing I learned was like, you don't think about it. Yeah. Like I look back at like what my life was in the newborn phase where I'm sleeping like, well, I'm sleeping eight hours, eight hours a night because I made my wife do everything because yeah. that's important. I'm just kidding. Oh uh, when gosh. you're getting, when you're never getting continuous sleep, the things you're doing, you just don't think about yeah. it. And you're ne the thought I'm miserable does not cross your mind because yeah. you're just, there's no choice. And it I, crossed my mind a couple of times. <laughs> well, you've had two. I've only <laughs> had two. one. You so. were still like, oh my gosh, we made this baby and it's amazing. Right. And she was pretty easy. <laughs> you didn't have to take care of a toddler with yeah. the newborn. Exa well, I also didn't have a, a broken leg in the household. It's true. It's true. Severe allergies. But, Severe al anything like that. But we, I do we've agree. been pretty blessed. But that, the first baby, Harper, I had the whole time I was just like, this is great. This is fine. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Right. Like, I have to do it. I can't not. Maybe that's why it start with girls. They're just, I don't know, yeah, for some reason. Yes. <laughs> I always, with both my kids, I didn't love the newborn phase. Mm -hmm. And I felt real weird when people be like, oh, my gosh, don't you just love it? Only yeah. that little baby. And I was like, I do. But also, I what if I don't? And then... Mm. And then it's they like got a pressure to yes, like it. Yes. Just the way people say it. And thought I was like weird or wrong. And then they both, when they were six months old, six months to nine months is kind of my sweet spot where I was oh, like, yeah. oh, wait. Yeah. Now I see what oh, they're talking they get about. Pudgy and cute. Pudgy and, they and a personality. With you and, and they sit up, but at six months they're sitting up, but they don't move. Yeah. And so there's just, just freedom in that. And then I was like, oh, I love it. And there was just this freedom to be like, okay. I didn't love newborn phase. Doesn't mean I didn't love my kid. Right. Just didn't love. It's hard. The like, care. Newborn phase is, uh, man, we're going to get real, but that's how we do it in this podcast. That's right. Uh, JFK is quoted, and Greg Pinkner quotes this all the time. I was that, not expecting I know. To that's where we're here. going with this. But he said, having children is like giving Faye a hostage. Yes. And I think. The newborn phase is when you're just so aware of like, you are the most vulnerable thing. And I'm so constantly aware yes. of everything. And like, not that you're not aware Yeah. when they're older, when they're newborn, they just feel so fragile. So fragile. And you're just like, I have to hold you always Which, to keep anything bad from happening yeah. to you ever. Yeah. But then also later you're like, newborns are actually super resilient because yep. they have to be born. Yeah. And that's violent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That was maybe a story for another time. Yeah, but maybe being different there podcast. when her life began. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Maybe next time our book will be what to expect when you're expecting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of daughters. Speaking of daughters. We love our daughters, but there unlike, was unlike the what's wormwood his name? the wormwood parents, parents who did not who love their daughter. their daughter Matilda, Matilda, which is the titular character of this mm, book we have read. There we go. 
Yeah, I had to practice the word titular. I'm proud of you. I wouldn't have said times. that. Just rattled it right <laughs> off. That was great. We are highfalutin, another vocabulary word on this podcast, and we use sophisticated language. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. My vocabulary is effervescent today. Wow. Did you? Do you have like? Word of the day toilet paper? No, <laughs> I just like to show off how esoteric my vocabulary is. Okay, well, for all I of you... I don't know if that was properly used to If there are any esoteric. children listening to this... <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Bingham for using esoteric in a conversation this week. Oh, wow. Just, he was describing the Big Ears Festival. But that's not what okay. we're talking about. We're talking about Matilda, published in 1988. Sarah, did you know Miss Trunchbull was based on a real woman, Mrs. Pratchett, who owned a sweet shop? that doll frequented as a kid. I didn't. Here's my question. If you're that type of person, why would you own a candy store? I don't know. Can you imagine a candy store being a bully? Did you say this was published in 1988? 1988. It threw me too. I thought it was like, like it was 1988. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That just, I mean, because the I movie was, was I in, was 33 uh, years old when I found out this was published in 1988. Um, so this book's only a year older than you. Yeah. Right. That is, well, what's surprising to me is that the movie was in 95? Yeah, it was 96, mid-90s, something like that. There. And I just assumed. That okay, it, yeah, wow. like it was like all those other books that were like the 70s. If you know. are listening to this and you are surprised that this was published in 1988, leave us a comment on mm. Instagram or Instagram. in one of your five star Apple reviews of the things that you learned. Did you know who directed this movie? No. Danny DeVito. Well, he's in it. Yeah, but he also directed it. Did he? Yeah, Daniel, it, it Danny came out DeVito, in 96. He should have gotten like, did he win awards? Because I just loved him as Mr. Wormwood. <laughs> he was Mr. Wormwood and directed the Holy moly. I just dropped my Sam phone. is so shocked by that. He's throwing things. That's right. Oh my god. What the world? Danny DeVito directed. That's amazing. To we me. are learning so many things today. But 1988, I mean, I'm really mm-hmm. thrown by that. Okay, great. Uh, I'm also looking at what the uh, the actress who played Matilda, Mara Wilson. Yes. She hasn't really done much since. No, but she was a big child actor. Right. She was in yeah. a lot of things. But she then I think she got out of acting Miracle to save her soul. Miracle on 34th Street, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, then I think maybe her parents wised up and took her out of Hollywood. Amen. <laughs> Get him out of there. Also, speaking of parents, uh, Mr. Wormwood was also based on a real-life character from Doll's hometown. Well, it said Home Village. Home Village. But I don't think people, we don't use the word village in the U.S. Not in the U.S. Unless it's like a cozy Christmas village. And on your mantle. (laughs) I mean. Or if you're at If you advertise something as a cozy Christmas village, I'm probably going to go. Okay. I mean, probably so. Have you had any experiences with the book or the author before? We both have. Because we did an episode on Charlie, no, James and the Giant yes, Peach. Yes, I think on James and the Giant Peach, I talked about my experience a little bit with Matilda, I think. Well, let's hear more about that. Again. I remember reading it as a kid. I do, but my clearest memories are of the book. I mean, of the movie, not of the book. Right. Of the movie. I don't know if there's any other 90s kids who are listening to this, but Matilda was just, it's a delightful, fun movie i'm pretty Uh, sure i wasn't allowed to watch it oh yeah because of the disrespect towards adults or something i I seem to remember not being allowed to watch matilda Hmm. i was allowed to watch it for sure that that ban (laughs) was probably lifted at some point i never went back to it i want to guess so this was published in 1988 the movie came out in 96 i would Mm -hmm. so i was seven 
I would guess I probably read the book when I was six or seven and okay. then watched the movie. Speaking of reading the book, how long did it take you to read this one this time mm, around? An hour and a half. Hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. Pretty slow. Well, Please. that was with some breaks, so it might have been closer to two hours. Oh, actually. wow. You're I started it last night, then finished it this morning. <laughs> 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 it came in the mail yesterday. I did it. No way. <laughs> That's awesome. So for me, I have never read Matilda before. I didn't know anything about the story. I mean, I knew that from the movie trailer mm -hmm. because it was on like like before the big green mm -hmm. on the VHS. Oh, I'm pretty the sure. Big green. Um, and so I'd seen like the trailer, and I, always the image of the little actress like smiling as yeah. like chaos is happening behind her, but knew nothing else. Oh. And that there was a mean old lady. Yeah, really mean. That was it. Interesting. It might have been Home Alone. No, it would have been Home Alone. Okay, well then I'm excited to hear. About the you, Big Green? No. Oh yeah, it's a film in 1990. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if you don't know what the Big Green is, we will do a Big Green review on our Patreon. We could just yes. In whenever, whenever we get that game. Yeah. <laughs> if exactly. you want us to have a Patreon <laughs> and talk about the Big Green, start telling us. <laughs> All, we're going to tap into those Big Green fans on Reddit. We'll just go into the 90s and just <laughs> live. Right. Our Patreon will be the 90s. But none of the huge hits. Absolutely All of, like, not. Like we're going to do Mousetrap. The Big Green wasn't a huge hit. I mean, like if you like if you think back to 90s movies. What about movies, the Indian in the cupboard? The Indian in the oh cupboard. Oh my gosh. We want to find the movies you haven't thought about. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I Googled that last oh, week yeah. because I think I said something like it had reached critical mass uh -huh. and my brain went critical mass. Yep. Like, and okay, honey, did we you shrunk watch ourselves? honey, we um, shrunk ourselves. And, oh, and we honey, we blew up the baby. Okay. No, the, uh, the scene just got this. <laughs> but no, the scene in honey, we shrunk ourselves when he climbs into the speaker and his daughter's having the party and he yeah. says, this is God. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing the things that stick with you? I have used that line so many times. Anytime that I just, I mean, I say, this is God. So me in that movie, every time I ate a banana, I remember that they yes, have potassium, potassium in them. Yes. And they're like, go kid, good job. Get the banana, just exactly eat it. What, yep. mm -hmm. well, I don't know what the medical condition was that he needs potassium. I don't know, but he had a low potassium. Mm. Okay, so Matilda, Matilda. Sam, <laughs> just tell me, <laughs> reading this book for the first time, what'd you think? You... Sarah, we, we, the, this, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes I've ever encountered in books, because I did not see it coming, was Bruce Bogtrotter and the cake. You can do it, Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, when it first happened, I was like horrified. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, this is oh. terrible. But then when it started to turn, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I feel like that was a foundational <laughs> scene of my childhood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch the movie too because oh it's God. so great. It's you just can do incredible. it, It's oh. an incredible scene. Like every. <laughs> it's so good. Do you we, want me to read a little bit of it? We have to read some okay. of it. I mean, just pick it. I mean, okay. Like, like, I'll start after he's started eating. Brucey. Okay. The boy cut himself another thick slice and started eating it fast. There were still no signs of flagging or giving up. He certainly did not look as though he was about to stop and cry out, I can't, I can't eat anymore, I'm going to be sick. He was still in there running. <laughs> and now a subtle change was coming over the 250 watching children in the audience. Earlier, earlier on, they had sensed impending disaster. <laughs> they had prepared themselves for an unpleasant scene in which the wretched boy stuffed the gills with chocolate cake would have to surrender and beg for mercy. And then they would have to watch the triumphant Trunchbull forcing more and still more cake into the mouth of the gasping boy. Not a bit of it. 
<laughs> Bruce Bogtrotter Bruce was three quarters of the way through and still going strong. <laughs> One sense that he was almost beginning to enjoy himself. <laughs> he had a mountain to climb and he was jolly well going to reach the top or die in the attempt. What is more, he now had become very conscious of his audience and how they were all silently rooting for him. This was nothing less than a battle between him and the mighty trench bowl. Suddenly, somebody shouted, Come on, Brucey, you can make it. Then, you, got, you got to shout in a British accent. It's a little British school boy. You do it. You do it. Come on, Brucey, you can make it. <laughs> the trench bull wheeled around and yelled, Silence! The audience watched intently. They were thoroughly caught up in the contest. They were longing to start cheering, but they didn't dare. I think he's going to make it, Matilda whispered. <laughs> I think so, too, Lavender whispered back. I wouldn't have believed anyone in the world could eat the cake, the whole of a cake that size. <laughs> the Trunchbull doesn't believe it either, Matilda whispered. Look at her. She's turning redder and redder. <laughs> She's going to kill him if he wins. <laughs> the boy was slowing down now. There was no doubt about that. But he kept pushing Come the on. stuff into his mouth with the dogged perseverance of a long-distance runner <laughs> who has sighted the finishing lines and knows he must keep going. <laughs> As the very last mouthful disappeared, a tremendous cheer rose up from the audience and children were leaping <laughs> onto their chairs and yelling and clapping and shouting, Well done, Brucey! Good for you, Brucey! You've won a gold medal, Brucey! <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to, but the end of the chapter is just oh. says, Go to blazes! Screamed the trench bull and she marched off the platform followed closely by the cook. <laughs> He's also described the boy was by now so full of cake he was like a sack full of wet cement. <laughs> and you and you couldn't have hurt him with a sledgehammer. Oh god. He simply shook his head a few times and went on grinning. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> okay. Incredible. So this is our second Roald doll book. And, and it, when we read James and the Giant Peach, oh my we were like, this is so weird. Right. We enjoyed it and loved it, but like Matilda, I think what I have enjoyed so much is there's the magic, there's the fun, mm -hmm. but it does have a clear, like, the plot is, there's like a clear point A, point B. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, more of a character it's more arc of a, than yes, more James of a story. the Giant Peach. <laughs> um, before we, I mean, we're going to talk about the meaningful stuff, but I, <laughs> the scene where they met Hortensia. Yes. It's, what this book is interesting about is it, there's things you think are going to happen. Like mm -hmm. this older girl walks up and you're like, all right, we're going to get a bullying yep. scene. Um, <laughs> that is the exact opposite of what happens. Exact this opposite. girl starts walking up and talking about how she. <laughs> Half a tin of golden syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Into the trench bull's knickers. Oh, gosh. Or gym knickers is what it says. Uh, but the line I starred here was, <laughs> I just loved this paragraph. Both Matilda and Lavender were enthralled. It was quite clear to them that they were at this moment standing in the presence of a master. <laughs> Here was somebody who had brought the art of skullduggery to the highest point of perfection. Somebody, moreover, who was willing to risk life and limb in pursuit of her calling. They gazed in wonder at this goddess, and suddenly even the boil on her nose was no longer a blemish, but a badge a of badge courage. Of courage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is highly entertaining. It is funny. Yes. It, I mean, it's it's... It's the stuff that made Roald Dahl famous. Yes. Just the silliness. and, um, But how well he's able to <laughs> just kind of immerse you in a scene of silliness. Yes. And uh, the Britishness of it. Yes. Because um, I don't think an American could have written this book, mm -mm. Um, at least not like this. No. Well, and even within 
because I now Harper is reading mm-hmm. on her own. And so I'm always looking kind of through the lens of would I hand this over to her? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are some dark things in this book and yeah. somewhat scary, but like, even as Hortensia is describing the chokey, oh, there's God. still like humor and lightness in it that right. in a, th- in a couple of years, I think I would hand it to Harper and be like, and she would be able to say, yeah, this isn't real. Um, Thinking back, I do think this is a book that in the nineties was a little challenged. At least the movie was like, cause they're one of Roald Dahl's themes is children, not necessarily respecting adults. Now mm-hmm. granted in all of his books, the adults absolutely deserve it. Right. Um, but is that something you, th- you think about reading this book of like, I mean, these, I mean, Matilda is pretty disrespectful to her parents. I mean, her parents stink and deserve every bit yeah. of it, but I think our generation, at least now, is a little different about that, whereas 30 years ago, it was like, it doesn't matter. You respect an adult. Right. You respect them no matter what. I think this book would be a great conversation for kids because it is like Matilda is blatantly disrespecting mm-hmm. her parents. And she, um, but her parents are also awful people to the extreme. Right. Um. So... Which makes me curious about his parents. <laughs> his parents. Well, he had. He had a schoolmaster. Yes. Uh, when he was younger, we talked yeah. about this in James and the Giant Peach. Who, and he's talked about it before. This the schoolmaster would use um, physical punishment right. and beat the kids. Yes. And he thought yes. it was vile. Yeah. And evil, and just yeah. detested everything about it. And I. Yeah, I think because, like, even thinking about um, the way Trunchbull pick the girl up by her pigtails and swung her around. Yeah. It's horrible. Right. But I mean, absolutely horrible. And if that happened in real life, that'd be awful. But it also, but it's, it's all comedic. It's all comedic. Real um, dull world. But I think this kind of world is great and lends itself to conversations mm-hmm. with kids about, Hey, Matilda said horrible things to her parents. She did horrible things. Right. Um, why, why do you think she did that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's okay to do if someone is treating you poorly or right. like, I think it's just because it's wrapped into like the magic and the fun. Mm-hmm. It's the best place to it's talk to a surreal. kid about it. Like yeah. It's fairy tale. Yeah. But it's like silly fairy tale. Cause mm-hmm. like you can't like the fact that she chucks the kid with the pigtails right. and the girl just sits up. Dazed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, then I think about Miss Honey too and mm-hmm. her experience with Miss, with the Trunchbull as her aunt and her being able to say to Matilda, I have been beaten down basically mm-hmm. and I'm too afraid to do anything. Yeah. Like what a conversation that is too about how, um, yeah, what kids roles and responsibilities are and mm-hmm. how they relate to adults. And when do you ask for help and right. those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think it, I would probably say I'm in, in the realm of James and the giant peach where, um, I appreciate this book because to me, uh, first and foremost, a book has to be enjoyable, mm-hmm. a story at least. I mean, not every book has to be enjoyable, but if you're going to tell a story, especially to kids, it has to be amusing mm-hmm. um, and you have to enjoy it. Right. And every Roald Dahl book I've read absolutely is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because if there's two sides to it, right? if it's enjoyable, but it also um, is truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not enjoyable and just kind of shoves the truth down your throat, then. Right. You're not going to listen mm-hmm. anyways. And a kid's not going to listen because they don't enjoy it. Um, 
And so his books always check the first box for me. And then um, we can talk about it more after the break, but there is usually something else you can yeah. take away. Um, maybe not as pronounced as like a Chronicles of Narnia. Right. Um, but I would also say that Chronicles of Narnia isn't as funny. No, it's not. As well, and um, she talks exactly. about how C.S. Lewis doesn't make her laugh. <laughs> right. Um, but I think, and I think most parents would agree, I would much rather be able to have conversations with my kids about bad adults, mm-hmm. the way we treat adults, the way we treat other people mm-hmm. in the context of a fun, safe book rather mm-hmm. than them experience it for the first time and then have to like back up right. and talk about it. Cause this can kind of prepare like, no, you probably won't have a principal that picks you up by your pigtails and throws you out <laughs> right. the window, but you may have someone in your life who is just mean. Which also means you may not have a principal who picks up very pigtails. It also means you won't ever have to put a newt into her water right. jar. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And hopefully you never have to, go to school thinking, how am I going to survive this? How am I going to get my Mm -hmm. revenge? But it's just always better to be able to talk about things before they happen in the context of a safe book, because I really would, I was kind of reading out loud to Harper. And at one point, I can't remember the part. I almost hesitated to not read it, but then I'm like, no, I could read it out loud because I'm in control of the conversation. Like, Mm -hmm she could ask me a question there and I know exactly what she's talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, why she's asking it rather than her coming home from school and being like, this one person said that their dad is really mean. Mm. This creates the conversation beforehand. Well, hello everybody. We've reached the magical part of the show where we're gonna give some announcements, some shout outs, no comment on that. Oh. Excited. I didn't know if I was allowed to talk. I, I don't know. You're talk whatever you want. This is, this is a free shout country. out. That was good. There Thank we go. You. Our Thank first you. shout out is going to that was so that was much so bad. Worse. Here, I'll say our first shout out. There we go. Is going to <laughs> Rebecca Audrey. Mm, I love you so much. That is our friend Rebecca. Rebecca gave us a lovely review where she said, "I love when you all read and reflect on quotes from the books." Well, you're going to love this episode. We had a huge quote. Reminds me of how an English teacher would want textual evidence in a book report. Oh, Oh. it's LOL. It's like she knows me. It's like she knows that this is not your average. That's right. Book report. Um, I need another shout out jingle. Shout out to Brisbane, Australia. Sarah, have you ever been to Brisbane? I've not, but I want to go to Australia. It's on my bucket list. What makes you want to go to Australia? I just Australia, you know. It's a bucket list kind of place. It's yeah, so far sure. from here, but yeah. beautiful. And um, do like an Australia, New Zealand yes. tag team trip. Mm-hmm. I did do an Australian accent and one person told me I sounded like a Kiwi. So Are Kiwis New Zealanders? New Zealanders, yeah. Okay. And the reason I sound like a Kiwi is because I've watched every minute of making of Lord of the Rings. And oh, most people have I also accents. was this age when I realized the reason why they call Australia Oz like OZ is because it's A-U-S, Aus. Mm, Aussies. Aussies, but yep. we go back to Oz. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. That's fun though. It's fine. 1988 in Australia. Two big things for me this year. <laughs> Speaking of big things, uh, we love recommendations. We do. From our audience members. And so there's multiple ways you can give us a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at NYA book report. Um, no caps, no spaces. 
Uh, you can also send us an email at nyabookreport, once again, no caps, no spaces, at gmail.com. I think most importantly, we just love to hear from you. Yes, um, we do. Just like Rebecca Audrey. Yeah. Hey, girl. we got to give a shout out to. You could leave us a review. That's another way we can mm-hmm. hear from you. Um, we do recommend giving us five stars. Yes, um, yes. We think if you're going to take the time to go in. We got a one-star review. <gasps> we did. They didn't leave a comment. What? But they just get, we are now at 4.9. Who was it? I don't know. We oh, will find you. We will find you. And Liam Neeson and <gasps> Taken. I have a particular set of skills. I am so disheartened <laughs> by that saying. I think it gives us credibility. Yeah, that, that somebody like, doesn't. It's not just our you moms can look at any podcast with like a 5.0 and right. be like, oh, okay. They've had like all it's their all friends their go leave their reviews. Kids, yeah. We've had, we have real. We have someone who doesn't like us. Engaged listeners. Okay, if you're the person who gave us a one-star review or the person who recommended our podcast to the one-star review giver, send us an email. And yeah. just tell us why they didn't like us. Yeah, and we promise we won't read that email on the air. That's right. And do a point-by-point point defense. That's right. But also, if you do recommend a book via email, Instagram, or um, Apple Podcasts comment, mm. we will give you the credit if we for choose sure. that book. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. We do not take credit where it is not due to us. Well, we might. We might. We'll but split the credit. We might whisper that it was it, you. That's all for the announcements. Sarah, you got anything else? No, this episode has gone off the rails. <laughs> they all go off the rails. <laughs> all right, Sarah, what spoke to you the most from this book? What was resonating? Mm. Well, what resonated with me? I don't know why I'm acting like I wasn't expecting you to ask this question. It always comes out of left field. Well, I was like, what? She wasn't ready. Um, I well, I love Miss Honey. Mm -hmm. Um, it shows the power of a good teacher. Amen. Who's paying attention to students? Um, I think most people have a teacher in their life that they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that one did a great job. Um, Mm -hmm. Miss Mrs. Roy from Munford High School, circa. Early two thousands was the teacher for me. That, really? Oh, Tell she's me about the reason her. I was. An, I'm an English teacher. Really? Um, I had her for junior and senior English, and she taught me the most. She made me realize that I was good at writing papers mm-hmm. and that reading was a skill that I shouldn't be like embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been like, oh, good, I'm a reader. Um, but yeah, just the way that she got to know me and cared for me. Um, I loved her class. I rarely missed it. One time I got a B on my report card because I didn't rewrite a paper. And I like still remember the disappointment that I disappointed her. Mm-hmm. My own like, oh. Like man. she told you. That it- oh, yeah. She told me this isn't your best. And I was like, hmm. okay, I'm crushed. But she just always was that teacher. I doubt she's listening, but. Um, we could send it to her. I might actually you tell me your your like a Mrs. Roy story. Mm. Like, tell me a moment that really affected you. Honestly, I cannot think of exactly one. I just know that every time I walked in that classroom, um, I was wanted and mm. I was respected, and yeah, she was going to teach me something. It was, I mean, I really don't have one clear memory. I just, just the whole I remember the you. feeling of being in her classroom. You remember like, the way she treated you. To this day, I like, I can remember what it was like to walk in that classroom and know that 
she was happy to see me. Mm. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's a quote, I, I underlined this. Um, it's when Matilda is first discovering her psychokinetic powers. And uh, it says that Miss Honey did this for her. It said, what she needed, Matilda, was just one person, one wise and sympathetic grown-up who could help her understand the meaning of this extraordinary habit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for every bad adult in this story, there's one who's redemptive. Mm-hmm. And all that she does, Miss Honey, all that Miss Honey does for her doesn't do anything extraordinary mm-hmm. for her. She just sees her. Yeah. And I want to like encourage the teachers who listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll always have one student that even in a classroom full of like 25 kids, um, you're making a difference. And even if it mm-hmm. feels like you're not, there's, a, there's always one. Um, I think you're making a difference for her. So um, keep going teachers. It's not always easy work. I know it. I know that for sure. Um, but you make a difference. Absolutely. Um, and it's just, honestly, for Miss Honey, it's not the, the big things. Mm-hmm. It's the little things, like the fact that she tells Matilda, um, like I underlined that she points out the leaves and the mm-hmm. trees and tells her how to yeah. um, identify different trees just by their leaves. Well, and the singing of the words that they could spell um, mm-hmm. difficulty, I still remember that from the movie. Um, how does it go? Mrs. D, Mrs. I, Mrs. F, F, I, Mrs. C, Mrs. U, Mrs. L, T, Y. Wow. Yep. You um, were ready. But I loved that she inspired confidence in her kids too. Mm-hmm. She was like, you can do this. You know how to do this. I'm going to give you ways to do it. So what about you, Sam? What resonated with you? I loved the whole scene when they went to Miss Honey's cottage. Mm. There was something just poetically beautiful about that. Um there was that's that's right after we get that scene where Miss Honey like sees her and mm-hmm. understands her that quote I just read, um, and then at one point um, <clears throat> they're talking about poetry, and um, I'll just read from the scene. It says, Miss mm-hmm. Honey, with one hand on the gate which she had not yet opened, turned to Matilda and said, "A poet called Dylan Thomas once wrote some lines that I think of every time I walk up this path." Matilda waited, and Miss Honey, in a rather wonderful, slow voice, began reciting the poem. Never and never, my girl riding far and near, in the land of the hearthstone tales and spelled asleep. Fear or believe at the wolf in the sheep-white hood, loping and bleeding roughly and blithely shall leap, my dear, my dear, out of a lair in a flocked leaves in the dew of a dipped year, to eat your heart in the house in the rosy wood. There was a moment of silence, and Matilda, who had never before heard great romantic poetry spoken aloud, was profoundly moved. It's like music, she whispered. It is music, Miss Honey said. And then, as though embarrassed at having revealed such a secret part of herself, she quickly pushed open the gate and walked up the path. I underlined having revealed such a secret part of herself, because one, it reminded me of uh, our conversation about Miss Basilie Frankweiler, where she mm-hmm. talked about the secrets we reveal. Um, but I also love that. Um, Miss Honey and just sharing part of her life, a poem she loves, the place she lives, um, reveals a part of mm-hmm. herself um, to a child. Yeah. And I could probably spend 30 minutes talking about what that means, but I think that's why the story is there. Mm-hmm. Is that just something resonates with you of like, oh. Yeah. Um, when we share the things we love with children, mm-hmm. like we actually love, not like yeah. this is important, you should read right. this, I love it, but right. the stuff you actually love. Yeah. 
because um, I think about, uh, I mean, when you were talking about Miss, Mrs. Roy, I was trying to think of teachers, and obviously like Mrs. Garrison in fourth grade, who was one of the first teachers that just, like you talked about, the room felt safe when mm -hmm. you walked in. You knew you were liked in that room. Mm -hmm. But I also think about Mr. Bergen in high school, who was our economics teacher, and I don't like economics at all. It's like, I don't like math, and then you're going to take math and add in more boring mm -hmm. stuff to it. That's economics yeah. to me. But he loved it so much. Like, he was so passionate about yeah. economics that you couldn't help but be, kind of be interested right. in it. Yeah. So I think there's something beautiful when teachers, adults, and kids' lives are willing to share parts of their heart with them of like, this is what I love. Mm -hmm. So that's what resonated the most with me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts, things about Matilda? You're my boy, Brucey. You're my, Come I on, Brucey. I need you to watch Matilda now. Okay, it's I will go watch so it. It's so funny. It's just a delight. Well, and I, one thing, for those of you who are like me, where the movie was just something that sticks in your head. What I loved, though, reading this again, is that so many of the things in the movie that were magic, actually, in the book, weren't. Mm. Um, like the the newt. Lavender did put it in the water, but then in the movie, Matilda got it to jump on her face or something mm -hmm. like that. And then when um, the pigtail girl gets swung out, Matilda like slows her down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, I like that it was, the kids didn't need Matilda's magic mm -hmm. to like rise up against the yeah. trench hole, but to take some ownership. Like right. the other kids did it. She didn't need to do that until she needed to do it. Right. And I think that was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed this book. Yeah. It was a great one. Yes. Raw doll. I've, I've tackled incessantly on both yes. episodes we've done. Well, that was Matilda. I, I mean, golly, it just, old Ronald, old raw doll. Oh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to beat. <laughs> Sarah, what, book should we do next? What book should we do next? That's a great question, Sam. And I'm putting you on the spot I here. am. I so just... you're a girl dad now. Oh. And I think it's only appropriate that we read a Judy Bloom book. Oh, Because man. she's kind of the ultimate girl writer. Mm. Um, I always enjoyed her when I was a kid. And okay. so uh, they just did a new movie based on this. So that's why it's on the top of my head. But are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Okay. I, I know nothing about this book. So, That's going to be great. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Next, we were doing Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. Uh, yep. That's well. great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we are doing Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. So read the book and we'll see you next time. See Sarah, you next time. Enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.